you are from New York, therefore you are just naturally interesting. Okay? It is not up to you to fill all the pauses. You are not in danger of mortifying yourself. The worst stuff that you say sounds better than the best stuff that some other people say. Hello, and welcome back to Girls Girls, our recap podcast of HBO show Girls. We should probably say that more. I'm Rourke. <laughs> and I'm Sarah Beth. <sighs> How's it going? Oh, you know, it's been it's been a day. Um, we're recording on a little bit of a different day. So we're both we both might be at a lower energy level, I would say, because this is during the week. But I also think I'm going to be more romantic about ghosting my life to move somewhere simple and be a florist. (laughs) I mean, don't we all? I was thinking like throughout this episode, I kept thinking about your fig analogy from earlier. Mm -hmm. And then I kept thinking like, what's my other fig? And I don't know, because maybe I'm too literal. I don't know what my other fig would be. I mean, you know, we'll, we'll get into it, but I think we both are people who at least think about being like close to family. Yeah. Um, I think, and I know that's like a thing for you and I, and you know, I want to kind of talk about that, like where you're from and you know, things like that. Anyway, well, we can get started. So this is um, episode six. It's called the return. And what is your log line, Sarah Beth? My log line is Hannah visits home for the weekend and sees a life that could have been. Mm. Mm. See, I went- nice. I went less jokey. That's so funny because we're going to have reversed. (laughs) What is it? Mine is Hannah goes home for the weekend to refuse to look in the mirror and acknowledge shared delusion, regardless (laughs) of where you live. (laughs) Oh, man. I, um, I, we're getting ahead of it, but I do love her little pep talk in the mirror. That's like one of my favorite moments. I, me too. I think about it all the time. I wrote it. I, I rewound a couple times to make sure I got make sure I got it word for word. And it's so funny, a little <laughs> behind the scenes of all of our really business conversations that we have on this free podcast <laughs> is that we had just decided to go instead of chronologically through an episode, girl by girl. And who cares in this one? <laughs> I know. We're going chronologically. I know. After all of that, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I will say, I really like this episode. I love this episode, but it did feel a little bit um, less flippant and a little deeper, I would say. Yeah, I agree with you. And it made me, it honestly made me, I, I'm i in a fragile state right now, but it made me a little emotional. I don't know. It was nice. Yeah. Yeah. I think um, you get to see another side of her parents and they have a much deeper dimension especially her mom i would say definitely the mom yeah the dad the dad less so why do we see a lot of the dad much is revealed about the dad (laughs) yeah that's some this show is an equal opportunity sex show (laughs) i mean i'm here for it although i'm not sure the first full frontal of a male on the show was what I wanted it to be, but agreed. Okay. This is a serious question that I wrote at the very end. Have we seen Adam with a shirt on? You know, I'm not sure. 
I don't know. Maybe in the premiere when she comes over and he like ties her up in the pantyhose. Maybe, maybe. If, if he was wearing a shirt, it did not make an impression. <laughs> exactly. It's not anyway. like the guy from the bear where I kept keep looking at him in that white shirt and thinking, "Ooh, that looks good. I have no memory of Adam wearing a shirt. <laughs> oh, that's good. Hannah's headed to Michigan to celebrate her parents' 30th wedding anniversary, though she ends up bailing on the dinner. <laughs> Typical. Yeah. Great detail is that she has packed in a trash bag. Yes, this is. This seems unlikely, even for her. Even for her, this seems ridiculous, although it's like obvious choice, I would say. Agreed. I, this is a random story about me. I'm sorry. I recall going to help Vanderbilt finished pretty early in the year. Like in May, we finished pretty early. Mm -hmm. And my friend, my best friend from high school went to Claremont McKenna and I, her, she had drove and so, and her mom was kind of overprotective and didn't like her to be driving from Claremont McKenna back to the Bay Area by herself. And so I flew to help her pack and do the drive with her. That was and nice of you. It was fun. It was nice because we didn't really visit each other during the year because she played sports. And mm-hmm. um, it, was a, it was like a nice little tradition. And when we did it freshman year, we we would always kind of like go to like the end of your party at Claremont McKenna. It was, it was a fun time. So... The first year, I go into a room and I go, Lauren, where where is everything going? <laughs> and she goes, well, we'll just put it in the back of the car. I was like, I know, but we can't go hanger by hanger. Like, there's got to be something to put shit in to move it to the car. And she had not thought of that. And so we used trash bags. Makes sense. <laughs> yeah, it was a full trash bag, full car. It was absolutely ridiculous. Ever since then, I was like, okay, we're working on this. You're getting suitcases, you're getting boxes. Anyway, maybe it's not so crazy that 21-year-olds really have no idea what the fuck they're doing. You know, I was in full agreement with you, like who packs in a trash bag? Although I did, in a vision while you were talking, have a memory of packing up from college and just shoving a bunch of stuff in a trash bag because I had like extra stuff that wouldn't fit in because... You know, when you're packing up after having lived with all your crap, it doesn't quite fold the same way. And so there was like yeah. an extra 30% I had to account for. No, it's a, it, that is a real thing. And so, you know, maybe we're being too hard on her. So yeah, Marty reminds us that rent is due because that's going to kind of, I think, set up some of the tension that Hannah's feeling and yeah. kind of her the pride that I think she ends up kind of displaying at the end. What do you think about the narrative decision to have this character not be from New York. I think it's because she's choosing all of her struggle. Like that's sort of a character trait of hers, right? Like she, all the bad stuff happens to her is sort of her fault. And New York is like another choice. I think you can also be more charitable that she's an artist at heart and she wants to be where the story is. For her, the story isn't at home. It's in a different place. It's in New York. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, I just think it's a really, really good as from the perspective of whatever, whoever made the choice, whether it was Lena Dunham or somebody editing to make her not an actual New Yorker because I think what's funny about her speech later where she goes, you are from New York. Everything you say is interesting, bitch. You're not. (laughs) And You're from here. And so I, I think that I just think it's a really good, it's a good narrative device that does also present her with, to your point, 
options. And it, it, it makes it interesting. And I think it, it builds her character in a way that's more interesting, I think, to have her kind of from a smaller town um, than something that's kind of, quote unquote, like on the map. But yeah, I, li- I like it a lot. I think it's really smart. I think um, the other thing about that, I totally agree with you that it definitely narratively gives her an extra dimension. I also think that New York is as a city is emblematic that it accepts people as its own that aren't from there. Like most people who choose to live in New York, like a lot of them aren't from New York either, but they become New Yorkers just by like grit and endurance, even if it's uncomfortable. So what do you think is the statute of limitations on how long you have to live in New York before you can say you're from New York? I don't think it's in temporal statute. I think it's totally a vibe statute. <laughs> it's a vibe statute. <laughs> it's just like it's just a threshold you have to meet. And I am not the arbiter of that, although I can recognize whether someone meets that threshold or not. I like that. You know where the social register is. You're not on it, but you know where it is and you can judge others. For sure. I mean, I I know people who grew up in New York and they're like, I'm never living there again. It sucks. And I'm like, it does suck, but I love it. I mean, there's just like a quality about it. I miss it. Even though it's gross, it's dirty. It's tough to live there. I don't know. It's funny. It's funny you say that about it being a mindset, because, for example, my mom has fully actually my dad, too. They are fully from Texas now. Don't, don't know if you knew that. They've lived there for a couple years. <laughs> ah, Mazel Tov. <laughs> yes. And they're obviously in, they're not young. Two years is not a high percentage. It's more than two years now. It's more like five. But anyway. But they like, if they, they feel at home with the vibe. I think Texas really is actually will. very similar. Yeah. Yeah. They get, they, my mom sends me a lot of memes on Instagram. Like, you know, you're from Texas. When? <laughs> it's not. You wouldn't know. Anyway. <laughs> Meanwhile, how long were they in the Bay Area for? I, 27 years (laughs) exactly yeah yeah and my mother very much denies any affiliation (laughs) she my mom likes la much more than the bay area anyhow yeah for sure so from a character perspective and also oh question for you do your parents still live in the same house that you grew up in no they moved really far away across the street (laughs) (laughs) seriously yeah Um, we had a setup. Um, my dad called my grandmother Kramer because she lived in an apartment in the same building and she would just like show up all the time. Mm -hmm. And that was really nice. And it it was really nice for me growing up, but it sort of anchored them. They couldn't really leave the neighborhood because my grandmother built, um, like a community there and all the people on the block knew her. So, um, the last few years she, they couldn't move far, even though they really wanted to move because, um, she was still in her apartment. So, yeah. Because I was the reason I ask is because what fun it must have been from a set decoration standpoint to make Hannah's room. Yes. And what do we think of it? I think it's so normal compared to what she wants it to be. Yes, it is so basically high school feminine. She mentions a Goo Goo Dolls poster when she's on the phone with Adam. It's yeah, it's kind of shockingly normcore. Yes, but it's nice. I, I mean, I don't know. I, oh, she's very judgmental it about it. Yeah, I mean, I, I'd sleep there. I'd yeah, take it. It's nice. <laughs> she had the old, uh, like, Apple computer with the, with the like, clear colored back. That was a little yeah. throwback. We had those in, the, in computer lab. 
Mm. Did you ever uh, have the laptop with the little like briefcase handle that would wreck you because it would always snap off? I've never had a Mac. Oh, uh, we'll add it to the yeah. list. No pets, no Mac. When you visit your parents, are there dynamics that you fall into? Yes. With them. <laughs> it's like an old shoe. It's just you yeah. fit right in. Um I think as an only child, and I definitely saw this in the episode, and I wonder what your experience is. Three is a weird dynamic. I feel like mm-hmm. someone's always feeling left out. It doesn't matter how mature or how generous and kind everyone's being. Someone's always feeling left out, and it's just not great for the vibes. My dad still very much works every day very hard because he really likes it. And so I've always said to my... It's interesting. I think my dad... like. In my family's dynamic, my dad gets a lot of kind of bigger things. Like he and I did my entire college trip trip together. We did a father-daughter trip to Japan. Whereas my mom gets much more of the... I did a trip with my mom last year um, as my first kind of trip or like vacation I took from the law firm. But um, before then, I don't think we really had been doing much of that. And so my mom gets a lot more of the smaller moments. So I would say Mm -hmm. when I visit, I spend a lot more kind of small one-on-one time with my mom because she just wants me like in the car when she's running an errand and, you know, like stuff like that. But I really related to it's, I get that they had to accelerate kind of the narrative based on the fact that it was just a weekend, but I always call it with my parents when the three of us are together, the three day fight. (laughs) <laughs> Where on the third day, we've worn each other a little thin. Yeah. And we all know the buttons to push. And uh-huh. that that moment where she's on the phone, not watching the movie, and it just kind of escalates. And, she sto- and um, they're like, well, there's food. And she goes, I'm not hungry. You don't know me. You know? The, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> that <laughs> moment, I was like, that happened too quickly for me. But I know that moment. Yes, it feels true. Yes. Which, yeah. by the way, at the Netflix show, the show they're watching is Million Dollar Baby. <laughs> Wait, really? Yeah. <laughs> also, the way her mom phrased it made me think that they were still getting Netflix in the mail, which was a fun throwback. Oh, they are. They were. It was a DVD, probably. Yeah, had to be. Yeah. Um, and I've absolutely, to this day, in my mid-30s, eaten a rotisserie chicken with my hands. Oh, I've done that, too. <laughs> it's delicious. Did you think, girl dinner, girl dinner? Yeah. That was a full-on girl dinner. <laughs> Oh, man. And of course she has to. And I, I do love that she has to do it after her parents have gone because she can't show her mom that she was right, that she wanted food. Although, as we see, her mom is actually often right about Hannah. Yeah. Yeah. Her mom is a good read on her. Her mom does have like, I don't know why her mom can't go get her own medication. What was the, the that was very thin to get Hannah out of the house, but whatever. I know that I that was a little weird, but I think it was just like her being like unreasonable, a little bit pushy and putting Hannah. You can sort of see their dynamic when Hannah was growing up. I think that was the purpose of that. And we also needed to get Hannah out of the house and we had to get her to, you know, reintegrate with these people. Mm. So first she goes to get coffee and she reunites with this girl who is kind of I would assume probably kind of a stereotypical like mean girl type, cute, blonde girl. But they were they were like best friends because she's in the graduation picture in her room. Oh, from high school. Yeah. Well, you know, it's weird because the actor that plays that blonde girl is in a TV show that my parents, well, not my parents, my dad doesn't like the show, but my mom loves it and makes us watch it for hours, which is Blue Bloods. And she's on Blue Bloods. 
Oh, oh, you know what? I saw that when I MDB'd her. Yes. Because I was like, she looks kind of familiar. Yes. She has like a super thick New York accent in Blue Bloods. And then here, like totally not. So it threw me a little bit. Yeah. Wild. So. The benefit for Carrie. Yeah. Wait, do you remember even this? What's the character's name? I don't even remember. Carrie, right? No, 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 no. I know the one that's missing is Carrie, but the one that's living. (laughs) Is her name Heather? Yeah, Heather. Yeah. Nice. This whole conversation really reminds me of, you know, somebody died young if they lit up every room they walked into. Because if they're old, no one likes them at that point. <laughs> okay, that's not what I was going to say. But I was just going to say, with the degree to, like, if anybody ever says that about me, like, everyone loved her. That is no. That is a lie and you should not perpetuate it. (laughs) And so, you know, there's like a lot of that here where it's like she loved individuality. She loved that about you. You were so unique. She thought you were so funny. And I'm sure none of that is true. No, absolutely not. This is just a wild, fun story, too. Like, what a great little story to write for Lena Dunham to write for this. I know. And then it reminded me of that case that was in the news that's really sad. But the Natalie Holloway thing. I mean, it's a ripoff of that. Yeah. Yeah. It sort of sets up this absurd premise where she ends up at the benefit, obviously, with the boy from the pharmacy. Yes. So she goes to the pharmacy where we learn that she wrote an advice column, which is horrifying. I mean, why not? But also why? (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, I certainly can't talk. (laughs) (laughs) But moving on. Holla, holla at Hannah. Yeah. Holla at Hannah. Not did not age well. For her. She knows it, too. She gets the she has like a little bit of banter with this guy. He's you know, he's he's cute. He's a he's perfectly nice. That's a great perfect way to put it. He brings out lube for which was weird. Weird move. Yes, I, I understand the find an excuse to talk to someone impulse, but that's. It was Maybe so not. earnest. It was creepy. He asks her to hang out. They decide to go to the carry benefit. <laughs> oh, he asks her. I do think something I, I something I thought was notable was he asks her how long she's staying. And she says, just for the weekend, I'm working on a book in New York. So I kind of got to get back. Like, ugh, Hannah, stop. <laughs> yes. No one cares. And it's a little tricky because... I mean, you are you are from New York, so anything you say is the most interesting, obviously. <laughs> and then my parents live thousands of miles away from where I grew up. So I, I don't have feelings of return like this to my peers. Mm. And so have you have you ever felt the need to kind of posture in that way? No, because I feel like all my friends when I go home are also, quote unquote, from New York. So like any of that bullshit would be totally weird. Um, I do feel like sometimes I'm playing a caricature of a New Yorker because someone will tell me like, oh, you're so New York. And I think I'm not fucking New York. And they're like, see, that's exactly what a New Yorker would say. And (laughs) a real self-fulfilling prophecy. I know. And then people make fun of my accent, which I don't think I have an accent, but it really comes out, I guess, with certain words. Like if I say like horrible or online um, online to wait in a physical line, not on AOL online. I I like online. I think it's useful. I, I it like makes online. way more sense. It's only the internet that ruins that phrase. Yeah. I also, I say y'all, I picked up y'all from Vanderbilt because it's an incredibly useful contraction. Y'all anyway. is very useful and also very 
uh, inclusive. So it's something t- that everyone should yes. use. Yes. Thank you. I like it. <laughs> wrote in several emails today. Um, so I, I do think that's right about sometimes we kind of like I can, you know, like groups can make you into different versions of yourself. And I don't think there's something inherently there's nothing I, I'm that's not a judgment. I don't think that's wrong or right. It just kind of is that I, I and I also don't really have a high school group. I have a couple hmm. people that I've known through many stages, obviously. And so, yeah, I, I would actually I, I would really enjoy. Have you ever been to like a high school reunion? Oh, I think you have, haven't you? Yeah, it was really weird because everyone sort of looked the same, but fatter, balder, and more alcoholic. Oh my God. And it was only like five years later. Well, I was going to say, do you like those TikToks where it's like, that's not the sounds, but I know exactly what you mean. It's really, it's okay, fine. Um, <laughs> oh man, now I'm blanking on it. But yes, I, I do enjoy those because part of it is like my own human condition where you always want to sort of see how things end up and seeing the before and after is really shocking. Well, I saw one. I got one the other day where I was like, wait, this seems quite recent. And somebody in the comments was like, was this five minutes later? (laughs) Oh, the song is I don't know. Spirits in my head and I won't. No, that is not. No difference. (laughs) Well, I'm I'm tone deaf, so it probably didn't come across. (laughs) No, that was better than mine. So she goes with this. So she, okay. So she makes the decision to go to the carry benefit with this guy, goes home and informs her parents that she will, even though the entire purpose of her trip was to celebrate their 30th wedding anniversary, bailing on dinner. And her reason. Yeah, I don't feel good about that. That's just like a weird choice with this guy that who cares? I mean, he's nice, but yeah. And there, there is so much about Hannah. And we've said this before that is, like glancing blows at correctness and yet do either doing it in the, like doing the right thing in the wrong way, doing the, it, 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 it's always slightly off. We're here. She is right. She is dating a man that is treating her terribly and she needs to get off the train until that's all she knows. Yeah. And that's accurate. This isn't the solution to that problem. No, I also think she's right in the way that like for their 30th anniversary, like it's weird to like make your daughter come with you on that. If it's like a romantic dinner, if they're doing other stuff, I feel like that makes sense. But it's weird to like have a threesome at a romantic dinner. I don't know. I will say my parents wanted to travel for like their 35th or something and they wanted me to come with them. Travel, I think, is different. That's like. Because then it's a family trip. Yeah. Kind of a little <laughs> then, like, let's go to Chez Panisse and have a romantic candlelight dinner. The three of us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but I, what can I say? My parents are like obsessed with me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you, to your original question already, we've moved past it. But my family, we just like to hang and chill. And so whenever I go home, it's just like a lot of hang time. This is off the this is off the beat of the show, but just a question, a personal question I have for you. Did you ever think did you think about or worry about or wonder how because something I worry about being an only child is what it will be like to bring a like a, a an official partner in like I brought in boyfriends, but like a person that you're a person that you are now. I would say that needs to be your top priority. Like a, uh, some trouble that my friend had in her marriage is that her 
husband always went to his mom first mm. to like resolve problems. And that really upset her and was something they dealt with in therapy. And so, in th- you know, you're with this person, you're building your own family. Now I worry, like I love my little three person dynamic with my parents. And I worry about what it's going to be like to really like fold somebody into that in a way that completely changes the dynamic. Do you worry about that? <laughs> Sorry, this is not about the girl. Knows at all. <laughs> Well, to answer your question, which won't really provide any insight, it wasn't that hard for me because my husband's very easygoing. And also, um, he's not from this country, so I didn't have to deal with other like issues related to like the in-laws and equal distribution for holidays. So gotcha. I'm I'm pretty lucky with that. And then to boot, um, I think there's a little bit of a language barrier with him and my dad where my dad can't hear that well. I don't think he's listening to this, but anyway, he can't hear it, so it doesn't matter. Um, he can't hear. Yen likes to mumble, or I don't know if he likes to mumble. He mumbles. That's that's his <laughs> that's his you know tenor of his voice. His so no one knows what's happening. So we'll we'll go there. I'll be hanging and having like a little like tete a tete with my mom, chat 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 chat, and then I'll look over. My dad is asleep on the couch watching TV resting his eyes. And then Yen is passed out on the side, other side of the couch because the apartment is like a sleeping pill. So we all just like play possum. And then that's the hang time. (laughs) We live a really engaging, interesting life. (laughs) Oh my God. This is so fucking funny. Oh, one of my favorite things is when your mom once told me her, like, I can't remember if it was like a Sunday routine or something where she was like, I get my wire basket. I take it to the bus. I get on the bus. I go get a pedicure. I take my wire basket to the grocery store. I get back on the bus. I got her an upgraded basket that the wheels roll upstairs because it's like three wheels. Oh, that is good. I also said, like, why don't you just order groceries back? Like, this is a simple solution, but she doesn't like that. She feels like she can't pick what she wants. It's too many. It comes in a box, you know? Yeah, I don't know. This is, you know, this episode is just making me think. Okay. But to your initial question, I think when things are healthy and they make sense, I think you shouldn't have to do any extra work to fold someone in to your family because you should never be embarrassed or um, not comfortable with them seeing the full person that you're choosing to be with. I think like if there's always like discomfort, there might be a little bit of like, am I sort of ashamed or embarrassed, even if it's not like deep shame or embarrassment, like light shame, that's going to be that's going to build and become a problem. There's always going to be little things that are weird, like people are weird in their own ways. Mm -hmm. Tolstoy said something like that. Unhappy families are all unhappy in different ways. Happy families are all alike. So (laughs) that's right. I, that's that's a good quote i like that i butchered um, it but that's that's the quote in essence <laughs> that's the feeling behind it. yeah that's the vibes <laughs> yeah um okay do you do you back to the sh- back to the show officially do you look in the mirror and give yourself affirmations no but i'm thinking i should because i liked her little speech yeah i was gonna say let's these are so you know some people are like you know we've got the help with your kind you're important <laughs> And we have uh, Hannah Horvath. You are from New York. Therefore, you are just naturally interesting. (laughs) That's one. 
This one I really, really, I actually, this, so, okay, wait, let's also say which one we resonated with of the three the most. It is not up to you to fill up all of the pauses. You are not in danger of mortifying yourself. That's a very healthy affirmation. That's the one that I relate to the most because I have to be talking. The worst stuff you say is better than the best stuff that some other people say. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) My sense of superiority is showing. (laughs) That's a good one. My number two, I relate to a lot, especially in the context of like law school and whatnot, where it's like, if no one was answering a question, I'd be like, I guess I can fucking talk like and I, I hated it. But on the flip side with work, I always think to, if I have a thought in a group meeting, I ask myself, would a man contribute this thought? And if the answer is yes, I fucking say it. That's such a good way to go through work because I filter myself so much. And then some idiot says something totally obvious that someone said already. And everyone's like, hmm, excellent point. And I'm like, what the fuck? And I will say I work with a lot of like really great both men and women. Law is very hierarchical and Mm -hmm. you never want to like you are defined by your year. Like I am a third year. Someone Mm -hmm. below me is a first or second. Somebody above me is a everything else, whatever. And so I get nervous that like I'm, you know, speaking out of turn for my level. Mm. And so I will often if I'm on a group call like with like opposing counsel or client or, you know, whatever, where I feel like the stakes are kind of higher internal, I'll kind of say whatever. I will often use our version of Slack to send insights to the person above me who I feel like is probably the one who's going to talk. And many times men have encouraged me to be like, you can unmute and say that yourself. I know the back channeling is a bad habit that I do too with my, um, not in my current job as much because my manager is like super supportive. And if she sees like, I have no filter on my face. So if she sees me like crinkle my you know, eyebrows, she'll be like, Sarah Beth, what's your thought here? And I'm like, oh, I didn't want to share that, but okay. Um, (laughs) I used to back channel all the time, especially it's so easy. Like if you're on a Zoom call or something and then someone says something and you like slack it, like if they're trying to say you did something and then I slack my manager, like that's not true. We covered our, yeah, we covered our ass already. And here's the proof. And then, you know, they look good and I'm sort of used to that, but I'm trying not to do that as much. No, and I think there is a, and it's one of those things, time and place too, right? Mm, Where mm. maybe like, that's a perfect example of like providing just the backstory of like, no, no, like that's not what happened. Gosh, this episode really has this on a lot of tangents, Um, but I think it's good. It's interesting to me. So what I think these affirmations reveal is there's so much about Hannah's character that is self-centered and self-aggrandizing. And yet she is also terrified. She's super insecure. Mm -hmm. And the thing that all these people in this alternate life that she's visiting is that they they're sort of ridiculous and silly, but they're not insecure. No, they have a peacefulness about them that she does not have. It's so true. And I think the music, it was really weird music throughout. And I feel like it was like dreamlike and sort of uh, it felt like Hannah as an external character was like in a movie or a dream sequence. That's what I kept thinking throughout. Yeah, I totally see that. It like kind of like alternate universe vibes. Like Dorothy is going to, you know, click her heels and have to go back to the black and white world. So then we get to the, so we go to the benefit. 
And it is so fun. So uh, this, I would say, is sort of this and then the subsequent conversation in the car are obviously the most direct hits where she has this incredibly judgmental attitude about essentially what she and her friends are all doing, Mm -hmm. where this is equally this concert to me is equally cringe as the Charlie one. Yeah, they're both stupidly misguided one of them just happens to take place in new york (laughs) (laughs) and you know obviously it's there's the added cringe factor of her dancing to a a sexy song but it's supposed to be in tribute to a woman who's uh, probably dead or trafficked and And she's like lip syncing to it which just makes the dance worse yeah it's really bad. And we learn or we did learn and now just kind of we at least see what her skills are is that this woman is going to move to L.A. to pursue dance. That I thought is what pushed Hannah's speech more into like unkindness. Like she was mean in that moment before I feel felt like, yeah, sing it. That was a weird concert at a death benefit or whatever that was. Yes. Yeah. And that's the thing where. It tipped from sort. It tipped from valid into mean. Where yeah. you know, I think you or I would have come out of that being like, "That was crazy." And I do think, in terms of the context of the event, that's the cuckoo bananas. Or wait, yes, is it? Oh God, wait! This has a couple moments. I didn't pre-decide. This is a cuckoo's banana, cuckoo bananas moment. But mm-hmm. uh, I think there's another one that I think is. There's one, I, I don't, I think there are two, we might be between two, because there's one that I, <laughs> anyway, so um, I, I think you or I would come out of this event and want to talk to each other immediately and say, that was insane. That was so inappropriate. Can you believe that that is what this girl thought was the right thing to do for this event? Like, yeah. that's the angle I think that we would be taking. Yeah. And Hannah, of course, is projecting that in theory, you know, let's like remove dance, right? Like they're moving to a big city with no support, knowing no one to pursue an art that has no guarantees. You know, like like that's they are doing the same thing, obviously. And that's, you know, clearly intentional. I don't think this is like some big insight that you and I are like have into the show. Um, It's very transparent, but it's. It's effective. And I think that there is. So I I would like you to look at the and everyone. I'd like everyone to look at this Instagram. I'd like you to look at it as well. There's a woman that lives near my nearish my parents in Dallas. She runs a very large Instagram account called Turtle Creek Lane because that is the location of her home. And I believe they're Mormon. And this is no this is not a, a comment on the religion of in any way. But she has you know, she has a big family and holy shit, one million followers. Oh yeah, she's in, she's enormous. This is not like a local influencer. She's enormous, and they do. She does a lot of good. She does like a lot for charity. She does a, a bunch of stuff. Like she starts, she posts Instagram stories a lot every day. She shares some. She like every morning she goes for a walk and says like today I am grateful for, and then you know has it says like what are you grateful for today? Because like a happy life starts with gratitude, and like she seems like a lovely, lovely person. She like decorates and she raises these kids and showers her granddaughters with lots of love and makes a beautiful home and seems to cook and she she looks great i mean not a strands of hair out of place (laughs) 
<laughs> yes. No, the whole family's gorgeous. There is like a Reddit snark account about this family, as you would expect. And I genuinely have like no snark feelings about them. I they um you can buy tickets to tour their home for with the christmas decorations because they're so insane and all the ticket proceeds go to charity and i went with my mom and some of my mom's friends in dallas a couple christmases ago and i remember like i came out of that like upset and for the strangest reason where like i i find her fascinating because i love people that say like this is what i'm into fuck you Mm -hmm. And that's essentially what she's doing, where she's like, I go big in these decorations and I don't give a shit what you think. Like, I go hard (laughs) in the paint for this interest. For decorating for Halloween, Christmas, Easter, whatever. (laughs) And I like love it where she's just like unapologetically obsessed. And I think it's great. So, yeah, like I said, I really have no snark to say here. It's more that like, you know, where I do relate to Hannah and all of this is this feeling of there is a part of me that wishes that would satisfy me. Mm. And I wish like I just don't think a life like that would make me happy. And I again, I don't think that makes me superior. And whereas I think Hannah thinks it makes her a little superior. I think it makes her think that she's worth more and more interesting or, you know, something like that or more deeper or intellectual, whatever. Yeah. But there is this thing where it's like, I wish I could kind of be like invasion of the body snatchers. And I like, I, I wish I could be like taken away and transported into that mindset where it's like, I just want to decorate. Well, because from the outside looking in, it looks easy. And I think, you know, you, you, your work for the last couple of weeks will probably be clear. Like it's not really easy. Um, right. Yeah. I totally understand that. I, I feel like I understand Hannah in this way. I just think she always takes it a little too far. She's a little too judgmental. She's a little too narcissistic, but the core feeling is very understandable. Very. And, you know, she, it's, it's kind of the same. She regresses to episode one in terms of her reaction to this idea of, you know, the florist position being open. It's giving, I won't work at McDonald's. I have a college degree. And yeah, what was that? That was such a weird thing to say. But meanwhile, she's not making any money as a writer, as that pharmacist points out. out (laughs) Yeah. Um, What's your real job in New York? I'm a writer. That's how you make money. No, I have no money. No, I love that line from her because I was like, okay, so this is the crux of it. Yeah, I do think, you know, so much of what a, a friend of mine, when we when the show came out in real time, I remember she and I were, you know, do you know where we were? Rest in peace. City Bakery. Oh, rest in peace. Yeah. Rip and power. And she said to me something I really like about girls is that it it's a window to the fact that if you don't go from college into a professional school, such as med school, law school, whatever, that like your identity is like really messy. Mm. And I think that's really, I think that's like a good assessment of it. And I think that's like a lot of what this is about where it's like, what is she really identifies by these things that she's a writer. She's a, she's a New Yorker. She's, and these things are big pieces of her that she can project into the world and are going to be how she wants other people to understand her. And the question is, and her parents ask this, like, can she really be what she thinks she can be? 
Yeah, that's a really and that leads into that interesting conversation that the parents have where you see they're really like what they really think about Hannah. And it's surprising because to to up until this point, you think the dad is more understanding of her and you feel like he is the one that really gets her. But actually, her mom is the one that really gets her. And yeah, the mom can be harsh on her and can they they sort of yap them. I want to say yap, but that's not the right word. Uh, they sort of pick at each other. They don't know how to push each other's buttons. But th- her mom is the same as Hannah, actually. She's just found her like profession. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. I frankly think a lot about this with living in LA with people that I encounter here where something that friends and I and kind of more it just traditional kind of mm-hmm. ladder like vertical careers when like when do you give up on a dream like that oh you it's know? so tough I know like I, I genuinely do that's a genuine question where some people like didn't break until really late in life and it's like what is if you're an actor, if you're a writer, if you're an ex, when do you decide like the jig is up? Genuine question. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I wonder, not that like our first career was our dream, but sure. like, how did you feel like we did spend like a good four years there mm-hmm. and it was a program to learn how to be in that industry? Like, what did you think when you decided to make a change? And then you made another change. You made two changes. Yeah. How did that? How was that thought process? I mean, I think that you just have to decide, like, I think you have to figure out, like, what isn't working about what you're in and why it's not working. For me, the underlying issue was, and it's 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 funny because this comes up sort of in dating, too, where L.A. type jobs, for example, a friend of mine has said, well, you realize, like, his friends are going to be that job, too, and you're going to have to, like, hang out in that circle. <laughs> and so I think... Part of it is I didn't feel like my like I found you and I found friends in our job, but it didn't feel like my people. Mm. And I just felt like there was this other community kind of like waiting for me that would bring out these sides of myself that weren't really expressed in that job. And it's I like kind of feeling uncomfortable. Like I like not knowing what each day is going to bring the fact that I'm probably going to be asked to do something that feels a little bit out of my comfort zone and out of my reach in terms of my ability. And that I'm going to, and that I'm going to get to live up to other people's expectations that believe that I can do something that I don't think I'm quite ready for. Like those types of things happen really frequently in my job. Whereas I felt like every day was like pretty much the same in our old job. Yeah. I felt it was a little repetitive. Um, And I just wasn't interested in it enough to challenge myself in it. And I think that's like the core of it. Um, But I think what helped us and why we were able to make more rational choices to career change was that it wasn't really our dream from the get go. Like you didn't dream to be in that that industry and neither did I. It just sort of happened. I wonder, I mean, I've, I think it's much harder, like, especially if all of your work and study and preparation and training has gone into a quest to, you know, play in the NFL or to be an actor or whatever. I don't know. I think there's a choice that some people make where you can do it and the act of doing it is fulfillment, not the act of being recognized for it. So... I think it's also the difference between a goal that's like very much like I want to be an actor versus I want to win an Oscar. 
you can be an actor and not be good, but you can still do it. And that's your calling. Well, like, versus- you know who is so fucking rich? The progressive lady. Flo. Flo? Yeah, you know who I'm talking about, right? Yes, but th- that's yeah. lucrative? That co- that commercial? Is, oh, my God. She is so rich, Sarah Beth. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. That's why they had to start making other ads. They literally like, can't afford her anymore. Flo. Yeah. It's crazy. I mean, she's like funny, but I don't, I don't really, it's not yeah. getting me to buy that. <laughs> Same. I, I have no idea like how it happened, but she's like paid astronomically. This is why the entertainment business makes no sense to me. Like what <laughs> metrics are they looking at for everything? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Oh, we were going to talk about the parents at dinner. Oh, yeah, yeah. They worry all the time. What if she can't be what she wants to be? It's sort of what we were saying. And to your point about her mom saying something really profound when uh, profound, I think about her is that she knows how to have fun. And then she reflects on that fun and sees what it teaches her and writes about that. And I think that she's also right about the fact that Hannah is still sort of pushing herself to find something to write about and that her life has been like really fucking easy. (laughs) And then that whole thing about they cut her off so she could have a story. I mean, that was her mom's motivation. Her dad was, I I don't know. I don't know what his motivation is, but that to me, it was like, oh, her mom believes in her. Mm -hmm. And weirdly, it's kind of resonant of that first the internship guy who says, when you're hungry enough, you'll figure it out. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. She hooks up with the pharmacist. See, this is my cuckoo bananas moment. Yes. Okay, good. This is mine too, because I wasn't sure if it was going to be the, the guy, the, the dad, the, her dad's schlong dad's on the bathroom room. floor. <laughs> um, but no, this is, this is crazy that this would be like your first time with somebody. You don't do that. And then what she says, like, she sticks her finger up his butt. He's like, uh, the boundaries. Hello. But he sort of laughs it off and continues. And then she goes, am I? A man's ability to not lose focus (laughs) on the eventual goal of getting it in is insane. There was also a great moment where she says that line about, like, being tight like a a baby's or something. And that I thought was so crazy. And he, you could... The actor did a phenomenal job of just being like, what? But he kept going. (laughs) Could not be deterred. And thus he persisted. And yeah, it's just so bad. And is it because her sexual understanding is so tied to what has been happening with Adam that she thinks this is like appropriate or does she think she's being like cool in New York and provocative or like, what's the, what is her thought process? I don't know. I think it's like all of the above. Um, I think she also is a performer and likes to be Mm. provocative and sort of try things out and then assess a reaction. I think that's sort of how she navigates the world. And I think Adam is like that too. And in a weird way, that's why they're compatible in like utter dysfunction. Yeah. No, it's very true. So some, yeah, somehow they continue and he seems like in spirits when he drives her home and drops her off. But while that's happening between <laughs> Hannah and the pharmacist, Eric, her parents have shower sex. It does not look enjoyable. No, it doesn't. I- I'm happy for them. Go-, go off, queen and king, parents. But ends up with the dad slipping and hitting his head and spending some amount of time knocked out until Hannah arrives. Yeah. 
I like that uh, she was like, I see your uh, wet ass right there. And we, as the viewer, see a full frontal. We do. Yes. Surprisingly, frankly, mature. Yes. On Hannah's part. This was reasonable behavior throughout. I, I, like, she didn't say you and run away. She didn't. She just calmly, you know, she woke him up. And when her mom said, I can take over, she did. And she, she I, I will say she pretty much she held it together here in a way that was I was kind of impressed by. It's the opposite end of when she had her like little fit in their hotel room, right? Like yeah. it's the bookend scene. And I think this is why she and her mother are able to have that very heart to heart in the hallway right after. And she refuses the money, which is mm-hmm. in contrast to her stealing the money from the maid. Mm, gosh, great point. That is a nice, that is a nice like coda. Yeah. And it's, it's hard because I think that obviously, obviously Hannah's pride gets in the way here. Also her kind of, you know, fear of disappointing her mom. And cause I think it must be really, it must be really hard to be receiving that positive feedback to then say, I'm not okay. Yeah. And then I can imagine Hannah thinking her mom would say, I told you so, or I knew, you know, they, they, where you don't want the interaction to turn sour. Only children and their parents where the distribution of pressure and expectation is always a little more intense because there's no spare. Yeah. You're it. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for I've always made, you know, we both have, I think we've always made really supportable choices. And so I think it hasn't it it hasn't been hard in many ways to be you know, my parents looking at my choices and being like, oh, I'm so scared or like she's going to like we can't support this one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I will actually say the only thing I've ever done that they truly were against and then fully came around on um, once it was all over was Survivor. Mm. Yeah, they were really upset about it. But you still did it. So you did. pushed pushed a little bit and it ended up OK. Yeah. And I think it it, it grew our relationship because I mean, because I was right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. And because you pushed back and then you came to sort of came back together more as equals and adults because you made a decision. That's that's exactly that's truly exactly it. So then, oh, we so we didn't really talk about this when it happened. Um, We can talk about it now. Adam. So Adam calls her and we have been seeing her call him and hang up, which is not a thing you can do on smartphones. No, but it is similar to sending her a dick pic and then saying that's not for you. Yes, that's a good point. But yeah, it's just funny where it's like when you have a landline, you can like call and ditch. bail out. That's true. Except for the star 69. Oh, God. Yeah, I remember when I learned about that. Yeah. <laughs> Did you so, ever do like crank calls to people? I'm not really a pranker. Oh, I have too much anxiety. Even if I wanted to do it, I don't think I could handle it. Yeah, I just worry about people like being upset. I know. I like disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> he calls her and they have this little chat and she's back, baby. She is fully in it. Yes. I thought it, he was dead to her. Apparently not. It's the I miss you for me. I miss you, kid. Yeah. And then she's like, what? Oh, huh? really? Okay. I, I do think she approached it a little. There is a turn in her where she basically was like, yeah, I did call you. Uh, this is why. And mm-hmm. it, I think it sort of catches him a little bit off guard. And their conversation does feel a little different. I mean, he's still a jackass and she's still delusional. But, you know. Yes. 
But it's just, it truly is just catching up. Yes. It's not dirty talk. It's not, you know, one of them masturbating while the other degrades the other, you know, whatever. And that's how people talk when they're apart and catch up. And it was a very sweet. As sweet as they could make it. Yeah. And the little, you know, the image of her tracing her foot in the wet grass and, it just feels like high school where you're, you know, calling your crush and yeah, that it's a, it's an, it, it, that was a nice little, that was a nice little end, even though I think we can reasonable minds may differ on whether or not he deserves that type of adulation, I guess. Yeah. Narrative, narrative adulation, but it's not the right choice, but I get it, girl, you know, mm-hmm. he'll do for the day. I'm stealing that. I really, Oh, like that. he'll do for the day. That was a great line. Although a little bit biting. Yeah, but she wasn't wrong. <laughs> No, she wasn't wrong. <laughs> yeah. Oh. But yeah, good episode. I like this one a lot. This might be... I really liked it. Of the six, this is probably top three. I think this is my favorite so far. Oh, wow. Yeah. Mine, mine I think, is still episode three. Maybe because yeah, Jessa's not in this, and I just, like, fucking can't stand that. <laughs> That's so harsh. Um, I know. So the next episode is a pretty famous one. That I think that you will remember. Mm-hmm. And it's called Welcome to Bushwick, a.k.a. The Craxident. I remember finding this episode fucking insane and hysterical. Yeah. And I think what's going to happen is that I remember this being a very funny episode. I think it will hold up. I don't know that it's going to be like a great episode of character development or plot, but we'll see. We'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see. Yeah, I'm I am excited. But um, remember, if anyone wants to, we've actually we have gotten a couple questions now. I um, saw that. Yes. So please um, submit your questions. However, um, not to call out the questions we've gotten. Don't send spoilers. <laughs> <laughs> because I seem to remember it a little bit better than Sarah Beth, but there are definitely things I don't remember. So um, themes are fine, but let's keep it to season one for now. <laughs> Although, to be honest, like, in the way it was written, I'm like, is this a spoiler? I'm not really sure what's going on. But anyway, it's fine. Not a big deal. But one of, I will say one, one, one email we've gotten was very funny where it was like, did you know that Ray is actually tall and hot? As if that, like, changes his personality. I know. I did. I did understand the comment, though. I do want to shout out. Maybe we should shout out the people who wrote us some Well, I questions. don't know if they want to be named. <laughs> Oh, well, can we do first names? So I'm not going to like give the full name plus the mother's maiden plus the, you know, <laughs> high school mascot. Sure. <laughs> I mean, these are fairly common. Anyway, shout out to Katie. Thanks for writing. I had not been watching. She asked if we had been watching the highlights at the end of the episode. I can't find the highlights. I remember watching them on other shows. That yeah, HBO I know does. that HBO does that. I kind of don't want to find them because I don't want to. Mm. I don't want to like steal color my thoughts. Ah, uh, yes, that's my take. Not so you shouldn't. That's so to thought. answer the question, no, we haven't, and. <laughs> Even if we wanted to, I can't find it because even though I work in technology, I can't locate it. On and the I app. refuse. <laughs> she called out some really, you know, I think some really good points that Hannah's experience. This was in contrast to her life in New York. It was like you said, the Wizard of Oz life in color versus life in black and white. Was there another email? I think I so. There was. I thought there was. I thought it was somebody named Megan. Oh, I didn't see a Megan. Oh, 
Well, Megan, thank you for writing. I don't know what you wrote because I don't see the email, but we also got sort of a shady email from someone named Jason. So whatever. Oh, yeah. And then thank you, Carlos, for letting us know that we are in number two in Austria. Yeah, that's like when um, on Finding Mr. Height really early, <laughs> we got a very similar email where um, we got an email that we were ranking very we were the number one relationship podcast in Belize. Ooh, nice. Belize. <laughs> Belize I is really amazing. I, I would like to go to Belize. I mean, me too. I will say, unfortunately, Carlos, I don't think your data's right because I looked at where our listeners are from and not really Austria, mostly the US. <laughs> yeah, I think he's I think it's a I think he's fishing P H I S. Anyway, I just wanted to give a shout out because they wrote in and I thought that was nice. Very nice. Yes. We encourage it encouraging and it was good because uh we recorded a few days later than we normally do so yeah it worked perfectly yeah thank you all right well we'll see you for episode seven next week indeed talk to you later